Welcome back. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Me, Myself, and I, an official Confession Stand podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Slash Spuds. I'm the other one of your hosts, Sarah Slash Carbs. And we also have uh, Sam Swags. Sam Swags. Um, and today, what will be... What will we be talking about today? We will be talking about the first part of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. And um, that's going to be chapters one through ten. This is a beefy-ass set of tra- chapters. Uh, lots of stuff going on. And we left uh, Mist and Fury at a pretty big cliffhanger. So at the, la- the end of the Mist and Fury, Feyre goes back with Tamlin to the spring court and and Nesta and Elaine go with Resand Cassian and Asriel the inner circle sorry yeah the homies uh, back to the night court and they're Faye now yes they have been made like Farrah has thank you for thank you for adding that yeah now Nesta and Elaine have been thrown into the cauldron and have come out Faye. And also, Elaine got some man candy because she got, <laughs> like, the mating bond snapped with her and Lucian. So... Such bad timing. I know. <laughs> we'll still, like, hold that I, against them. You know, I still am grouchy that he even said anything. See, like, I feel so differently about it. I feel really? like he was in shock. I think that he kind of, like, felt dumbfounded, and I don't think he meant to say it out loud. That's what I got when I read that section. I would much rather interpret it that way because her negative reaction to it and the trauma that she's going to associate with this bond is not great. You want to know how I read it? I read it like, say, oh, this is an experience we can relate to. Getting in the Uber after (laughs) trying to, like, get ready for a night out, you finally get there and you're halfway towards downtown, and then one of your friends goes... Oh, I left my license. Like, <laughs> that's how I felt when he was like, oh, she's my mate. Like, I felt like he was very blindsided by it. Uh, that's, that's literally how I read it. It just seemed like he said it like he wasn't thinking at all. I think he was probably in shock because of his history that I don't think he realized that Elaine, of all people, would well, be his mate. Well, I think it's always shocking when you don't know somebody, and then you're like, wow, I'm romantically connected to you for the end of time. It like, doesn't have to be romantic, technically. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am connected with you, spiritually, I suppose. But I don't see, really I read know. it as dumbfounded. Like, I don't think he was saying it like, she's my mate. You know what I mean? Like, when I read it... No! Well, I'm not saying it was, like, a dominance, like, five, like, when you you steal the front... Or, like, shotgun. Like, I don't think it was, like, calling shotgun for the first... Dibs! (laughs) Yeah, like, calling dibs. I don't think it was, like, that's my mate! That's her! That's the one! I called! I called it! I called it! It's like Bojack Horseman. Yeah, right. What was it? Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL? (laughs) 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 But I... I think I get what you're saying by that it sort of. Came I think it out can and, be both, though. Yeah. I think it can be a dumbfounded reaction, but it can still be really bad timing. Oh, it was terrible timing. <laughs> but it's like being in the Uber and you forget your license. You're like, oh, shit. I wish I would have realized that earlier. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sarah's still not convinced. I hear you. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't. So it's funny because I feel like you guys have a very strong reaction to it. But when I look back at it, I don't have any reaction to it. So I was like, Oh, that must have sucked for him. 
See, I don't really know how, I mean, like, the way that they characterize a mating bond snapping into place, it's what is, like, it's like being struck by lightning or something like that. It's really intense. Yeah, but Rhysand reacted much better, and he just, like, peaced out. (laughs) That's true, but that's Rhysand. Lucian is not as strong as Rhysand. We all know this. He's like the Ron Weasley of Akatar. Like, come on. I like, you know what it is? I got a little love for Lucian. I can't hate him all the time. I hated him when he tried to bring favor back. But I don't know. In this moment, I don't feel as strongly as you guys. I didn't hate him for doing that because I knew he was doing it for Tamlin. I I, I like, and he genuinely believed that Favor was kidnapped. I I don't think I don't think he did it to hurt Favor in any way. I just Um, got a little love for him. Okay, well then. So talking about how we felt before, what are our thoughts on Lucian in the first ten chapters of Wings and Ruin? Poor kid. Face. <laughs> he just seems like such a pawn who has no idea what he's doing and he thinks that he's doing everything that's right or like he acts with such genuine intentions and just fucks everything up it's everything is such a trauma response to him was as you like dig into i feel like him and tamlin's relationship because you see it crumbling in these first couple chapters mm-hmm. Like, they are just both so um, trauma-bonded and reactive to each other at the same time. I feel like Lucian's relationship strictly with Feyre has gone through this huge evolution. Like, at first, in the first book, he had to kind of keep her at a distance, knowing the truth about who she was and, like, not getting too involved in that. So that's why there was sort of this wall with him when it came to Feyre. Uh, And then in the second book... Tamlin is so in need of uh, his attention. So he's not really, although he sees Feyre, he's not, she's not a priority to him like Tamlin is Mm because they're so trauma bonded, like you said. Whereas now after this, like, and I, I don't feel like Lucian is getting closer to Feyre to get to know about Elaine a little bit more. I do think there is some overlap there, but, but um, I, I think this is genuine. I think he genuinely feels like that did not go down the I just way feel like they have. had such a good friendship that was had everything not happened and all these outside forces I think that they would be best friends and it's oh, just, yeah. it's one of those friendships where it's like we could have had a great friendship had life not gotten in the way mm-hmm. and it's almost like they're friends trying to hold on to whatever little strips and shreds of right. connection are left there it's those childhood friends that are in college that still like check in with each other but there's just nothing in common anymore yeah. other mm-hmm. than their history so mm-hmm. i don't know i feel he, he's just kind of like i don't hate him i don't love him i kind of just feel bad for him yeah yeah definitely because yeah. i think that he makes really stupid decisions but i think that he genuinely thinks he's making the right decision yeah. off of what he believes is happening, and it's just sad that he doesn't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and he, I, you know, I think it's really interesting how he kind of fesses up to his mistakes, though, in a way that I don't think he would have in the first two books, mm-hmm. with not only what happened, not only the way Pharaoh was treated by Tamlin in book two, but then it compounded with Nesta and Elaine's being forced into the cauldron the way that they were. Well, and also you have to realize he's put in such an, he also, along with Elaine, is put in a very uncomfortable situation right now. He is mated to someone who is engaged to a human who hates Faye. I feel the way I do about Lucian. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. He just got the like short end of the stick all the time. And he doesn't have a home. 
No. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really have a family Which either. is super, which we'll unpack even further as we get farther into this book about his family. <gasps> He's the, the John Snow. <laughs> oh, he is. That's actually a great comparison. Yeah. I hope he comes out on top at the end of the series. I hope so too. He, Something good better happen. He needs a win. He really needs a win. We I would rather the Facebook group give Lucian a win. Yeah. I would rather him get a redemption arc than fucking Tamlin. Oh, one hundred percent. Like I hope that he gets a redemption arc where he has to take down Tamlin. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for it, right, Ooh, Hannah? Let's go. That's All right, naughty. Sarah that's naughty. Um, <laughs> so how much has changed since Feyre has come back to the spring court, Sarah? At the spring sh- court or with Feyre specifically? Both. Um, Whichever me... one you want to unpack first. Well, Feyre seems to sort of be going back to... I mean, I don't want to say she's back to normal, per se, because before... Like, we don't really know what Feyre normal is right now. It's changed so much. Um... But she's she's definitely playing a game. Like she's p- placing the chess pieces. Like mm-hmm. she's swiper the fox. Yeah. So you there is you know we know she's pretending. I think she's definitely coming off to Tamlin like oh like I'm a victim of being manipulated and brainwashed and blah blah blah. So I can't be intimate with you. So that's why like. She's putting up this, like, sort of distance with her and Tamlin. I wondered how she was going to pull that off with Tamlin when she got back to the spring car. I was like, is she going to still fuck around with him? She's an actress. I know. I was like, how is she? But, like, because Tamlin is so temperamental. How is he going to buy her not wanting to fuck him? You know what? And it worked. And it was fucked up, but it worked. I think that, I don't know, when I view her with Tamlin now, now that she's grown and she's blossomed into the beautiful butterfly that she is now, (laughs) I feel like the way that she views Tamlin is as if he's a child throwing a tantrum. Mm -hmm. And she just got to kind of, like, weave through it. And it's funny you say that because I want to, like, five pages into the first chapter, I, her talking about when she has the alarm raised, when Tamlin's approaching and all the powers that she's using, she comes such a, f- a long way between her training with Cassie and her training with Resan, tapping into what all of her abilities are. She is like, right off the bat, I mean, page eight, she's a totally different person mm-hmm. than she was even at the end of the last book, in my mm-hmm. opinion. What I don't understand about Tamlin, and I, I think about this when it comes to the, at least this set of chapters, is sort of his behavior towards Feyre. It's like she's this eggshell type thing, or, or like she's just so fragile, which is the reverse of what happened in the second book, whereas Tamlin was extremely fragile, and Feyre's so scared to, like, not get, like, not disturb him or not, like, because he was just about, he had a, uh, um, the court was falling apart, and he was the one that was, like, on the edge of, like, exploding or crumbling up. Well, see, yeah, I feel like she was you know? the same way in book one. I feel like she's always been treated as the eggshell, at least in Tamlin, and she was in the previous book, and now she's not. Now she's, like, the, what do they call those fancy eggs? Oh, the Fabergé? She's, like, she went from... A fragile, yokeless eggshell to a Fabergé. Yeah, but the first book, she was fragile because of her mortality. The second book, she was fragile because of her mental state. Like, and... And Tamlin's projections of uh, what... The expectations of her. Yeah. I just assumed they were both fragile the whole time. (laughs) 
honestly. No, I kind of see where Sarah's going with that. Like, you finally see the power shift. Where right. Where Tamlin had the power in book one and two. two. Mm-hmm. And you see the opposite, that Tamlin is playing into her hands instead. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting. And I think fueled by the fact that she has more power and she actually knows how to harness it in a way that she was not told to harness in book two after she was made. Hmm? He doesn't know about the powers. They suspect it. Yeah, they suspect it. But they don't know that she was getting trained. Mm -hmm. So they think that she's still that little fucking wallflower. But do we fly Mm -hmm. going towards the lantern? Mm Mm-hmm. No, and I, I was so concerned at the beginning of this book that, like, Tamlin might use manipulation to get with Feyre. I was really worried that he was going to be like, I saved you. Let's bang. And um, and that, I was... That, keep with that abusive track that we've seen with him already. Right. Yeah. Which didn't happen. And of, and of course, you know, and like you said, I can... I feel like Tamlin can tell also that there's a power shift. Like, I feel like he's aware of this. And... Um, he also has to make it up to her because he fucked up. So it's mm-hmm. not even that she's physically more powerful because she is, but he screwed up so badly to get her back. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So he is. We think about the last time that he even saw her was when she like spontaneously combusted. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't even see her react. Like they. But just... he came back to the after. Yeah. Which oh that was an, oh that was another thing I loved I, it was one of the first tabs I made in the book was the description of her room that Tamlin destroyed after she left. Um, I looked into my room once the day I returned. Shattered furniture, shredded bedding, clothes strewn about as if it had gone. He'd gone looking for me inside the armoire. No one, it seemed, had been allowed in to clean. But it was the vines, the thorns, that had made it unlivable. My old bedroom had been overrun with them. They curled and slithered over the walls and twined themselves against the debris as if they'd clawed off the tresses beneath my window as if a hundred years passed and not months. My room was now a tomb. What a metaphor. What a metaphor. And, like, the, I mean, everything about it. Like, mm-hmm. the bedroom being a tomb, the death of their relationship, the thorns. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the title of the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, a very full circle. Like, if that's not, like, the end of their relationship, the final nail in that coffin, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. You kind of answered this earlier. What were your, like, fears coming into this book? My fears were that she was going to have to sleep with Tamlin... And also that Ianthe fucked him in the process. Like, was that no one else's fear oh. that Ianthe, like, seduced Tamlin in the process? I'm, like, so surprised that did not happen. You know what? My I was actually afraid that I felt like because we'd seen so much from Feyre and Rhysian's point of view and watching, like, them go to the summer court and all of that stuff, I was afraid that maybe their heads had gotten too big and she thought she could manipulate the situation. And I was so afraid that she was going to, like let something slip and be caught off guard and just be screwed, you know, and then have to have the whole inner circle come. Rest that, I actually, the whole time that she was in the spring court, I had this uneasy feeling of something waiting behind, like, the curtain. You know what I mean? I was wondering if the inner circle was going to get involved at all, and I'm kind of glad slash impressed that Pharaoh was able to pull off, single-handedly pull off the destruction of the spring court like that. Like, that took so much patience, so much, like, like micro moves that nobody noticed, only except for the prince and princess of Highburn, which we can talk about in a minute. But like, even they only saw like a fraction of 
everything that she was putting in place. But you know, I was so afraid because, like, you know, in a lot of these fantasy books, it's kind of the damsel in distress. And so I think it was really cool and relieving for me to watch her grow as a person because mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, oh, no, does she know what she just walked into? Maybe they know some stuff because we haven't heard anything from them other than when Lucian came to try and get her while she was training. And so I had this bad vibe, especially after them being in connection with the King of Highburn. Mm-hmm. I was like... What if Highburn's in on this and this is a pl- like I had this whole yeah. catastrophized situation in my head the whole time I was reading it. I was so anxious reading it. Well, because Highburn was clearly brilliant enough to be those two steps ahead of everybody. So he was like one. So he was two steps ahead of the Night Court. And he was a step ahead of the Spring Court because of Ianthe. So yeah, like he totally could have yeah. planted something else on top of it. Like all. I wasn't necessarily afraid of Tamlin and Lucian doing something, but I was afraid that she walked into a trap thinking she's playing one chess game when really she's part of a huge chess tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like I just had this fear the whole time I was reading it, so I kind of sped right through it. I wasn't worried about Feyre at all. <laughs> like that girl's she's a co- sneaky bitch. Yeah, I'm like that girl's <laughs> cocky. I'm like she'll be fine. I re- I really I was honestly more worried about the people at the spring court. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but I, I was concerned that she would feel like she had to, like, make Tamlin believe that he was, when it came to, like, sexual manipulation, I was, my thought was she was going to make him believe that he was that, and... Oh, mm? sorry, I just had a thought. Mm. Because she can go in and do the, what is it, it's Dem... Demati. Demati. What if she just convinced him and put in his brain that they had sex? I feel like... She should have, honestly. She could have saved herself a lot of time. I feel like... Girl, give me calls when you need tips. I, I got you. I think the problem is, is because Tamlin is a high lord, he would know if someone was up against his mental shields. I don't know, because I don't think... I think the She's prince angry. and princess totally were, like, literally stomping all over their fucking brains this first ten chapters. They weren't... They weren't Yes, they were, because Feyre called them out. She literally called them out and scratched a talent against their mental shields. They were There was a scene where they were manipulating. Because she's a boss-ass bitch, bitch, bitch. The, prin- the prince and... Branna and Dagden were definitely using their Daimati manipulation at there, one point. There was a moment where they she, she feels them reaching out for them, and then she puts mental shields up on Ianthe, Lucian, and Tamlin. Right, but Tamlin didn't. Well, oh, I guess pick I guess he wouldn't. Have, That's what oh, I'm okay. arguing. Like, okay, so if, if, if he didn't pick up on their manipulation, then he wouldn't have picked up on Feyre. Yeah, I mean, especially when it's someone that he feels like he can trust and that she's kind of this weakling that he can manipulate. He obviously feels that has felt that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. If she put into his mind that they're having like mind blowing sex every other night or whatever, like who's to say that he wouldn't actually believe it? If mm-hmm. she just hit, wore a skimpy pajama, got in and out. For before and after he fell asleep or whatever, like she wouldn't have to do shit. Hmm. The biggest offense would she could have done. Well, I mean, she did put on a skimpy nightgown and mm-hmm. <laughs> her dri- her driving that wedge between Lucian and Tamlin. I was love it. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Like, of course, she's gonna favor Lucian just naturally after what Tamlin did. Cause he's a good boy. Mm-hmm. He's a stupid boy, but well, he's a good boy. It's almost like having to make amends with like like getting along with your in laws too. Like they're he's Vader with her sister. He's 
going to be a part of her life, whether she likes him or not. He's very much like my brother-in-law. Like, I mm-hmm. met my brother-in-law when I was 14. He was my wow. sister's high school sweetheart. Oh, yeah. And they're married, and they've been married for half of my life. He loves to rub that in my face, and he's like, I've known you for half of your life. Love him to death. He's amazing. Um, But, like, obviously, when I was 14 and I met him, and he was just... But a wee young gentleman who had never had a sister or young women around him. He had no idea how to communicate with a younger female. Not in, like, a weird way or whatever, but he was just, like, he grew up with an older brother. And they roughed house and stuff like that. And then you have this alien little girl who hates you. (laughs) Because I'm going through puberty and I'm just an asshole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, making amends with that, it just reminds me a lot of that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Ianthi, what did you think was going to happen between Feyre and Ianthi? Well, for one, I didn't think she would stick around. I thought she would run away like the scared little bitch that she is. I was honestly, I didn't like respect her for showing her face, but I was surprised. And I was like, oh, the balls you have to show up now. (laughs) Just, I gotta give her that. I hate her, but I was like, there's no way she's going to show up and be in the spring court. I didn't think she would be able to, and she, I don't think she did. Like when you read that section, she, you can tell she's grasping at straws. She did not think it was gonna backfire in that way. I don't, I don't, I don't think she. She saw the immediate need. I don't think she thought through the full picture of Tamlin's plan of having bringing Feyre back. You know what it is? I think she has the balls because she doesn't realize what Feyre is. Yes, I just realized that. Light bulb moment. So, but. Yeah. I agree with you, Hannah, though. I, I thought she was going to go back with Hybern and be kind of his lackey or something like right? that. Right? Like, I thought she was going to be like the, the evil flying monkeys to the <laughs> wizard. That she was going to turn on Tamlin, period. Like, yeah. that was like the first, like... I yeah. was shocked. I was so shocked that she was still there. I am shocked that Tamlin didn't prosecute her when she, when she came back to the spring court. Yeah, it's almost like he really didn't care at all about... Doing anything because to punish her. Th- th- what she did supposedly Tamlin had no knowledge of, but that would make me so mad as a high lord. How would that? I, how would you not kick her out? I would literally like for betraying you like the that. fact that he never ever addressed this and like Feyre's the only person like who she officially apologized to. And but you know what? That makes me so mad about that whole interaction with Tamlin and him not doing anything to mm-hmm. her. It goes to show how little he gave a shit about Elaine and Nesta and Feyre's family. Like, clearly, he did not care at all. Well, and this brings me to one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about in this in this episode, which is, do you think Tamlin brought Feyre back because he still loved her? And I argue that he didn't. I think this is... I think he needs to have Feyre in the spring court as a power play. I like, agree with you. Absolutely. Like, I don't think it has... Her. I don't think he loves her. Like, and, and, and I just mean in the sense of, like... The romance that we had, we saw in the first book, but he doesn't know what love is. Yeah, based mm-hmm. on his upbringing, just right. full stop. No, so, I agree with you one hundred percent. Like, there's no way that he loves her because he would feel for her one when she's having a breakdown the first time, but also her siblings that she loves so much just got turned fey mm-hmm. because of you. Mm-hmm. Well, and such a misguided logic too, which goes back to her not thinking through the consequences of her actions. <gasps> you know what Tamlin is? Hmm. He is Harry Styles in Don't Worry Darling. Oh, 100%. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Also, that movie sucked. 
I'm, we'll I talk go, about that. I will go day. against anyone. That movie sucked. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, totally sorry. Like, <laughs> so I, because I like her her reaction. You could tell she's fumbling in her description to Feyre. I wish to begin by how, uh, by saying how truly sorry I am. I acted out of desire to dot 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 to grant what I believed you perhaps yearned for, but did not dare voice while also keeping our allies in Highburn satisfied with our allegiance. Because that is... Let Fuck me, off, bitch. There Fuck is, off. Because that is, like, at the core of who Ianthea is, because she thinks that um, she has this entitlement. She thinks that she knows everything, and she is worthy of... I said it foreshadows her entitlement, especially towards her entitlement towards Lucian. Fuck this Which bitch. happens at the end of it. She just thinks she knows everything. She thinks everything is about her at her core, and she will. Everyone is a pawn in her fucking game. Yeah. Including Tamlin. Like, I mean, research- everyone wants her. Everyone, like, she knows what's best for everybody. Like, I mean, like, respect for someone who thinks she's a boss ass bitch, but, like, calm down. Calm not when it makes down. you a fucking, like, rapist and assaulter. Like, that's yeah. what she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Nesta and Elaine were assaulted, mm-hmm. and she assaulted Lucian. Like, full stop. Yeah, like, she is, like, literally a rapist in my eyes. I don't understand even why Tamlin would allow... I mean, and maybe Tamlin was too distraught to intervene, but, like, how Tamlin <laughs> would allow... Sorry, I cannot hold that in. I'm so sorry. Go no, on. It's fine. I, 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 I know why you're giggling. Um, but... How them getting together on Kalanmai was like not a huge as as Tam as Lucian's best friend, Tamlin. How he could not intervene with that because couldn't he have just fucked like any old barmaid or like like the, it doesn't have to be some celestial person. No, I don't. I think again. I think it goes back to her being entitled and manipulative. So, yeah, it's just, like, her response to what she did, her entitlement, her thinking that she knows what's best for Feyre, assuming that she wanted, like, immortality time with both Feyre, with uh, Nesta and Elaine, is foreshadowing of the manipulation and her... She tied up Lucian to a fucking tree at the end of this section, yeah, with, right? with the same shackles and, uh, that they had used on Resand. Uh, oh, yeah, which... Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so what, let's, let's summarize this. Can you go over it, just what? for the listeners? Oh, uh, the Ianthian Lucian dynamic? <laughs> Wait, what do you say, Summer? Do you mean the, the Ianthi Lucian dynamic? Yeah, okay. just so we can explain it, so people who... The Kalanmai stuff? Yeah, so... Um, obviously, like, Ianthe has been thirsting over Lucian for a long time. Um, when she couldn't get in with Rhysand, she went for the next best thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, he's still, you know, he's still an heir to an, he's still an heir to the Autumn Court. Uh, he's still a High Lord, so it's assumed that this is a power play on her behalf. Um, but Lucian has definitely seen through her snakiness and has not fallen for it. And then... Uh, as Feyre is sort of catching up with what happened while she was gone. And you, there's that great quote. So when he, when um, Lucian tells her that he had to perform, someone had to perform the right, and Tamla was too distraught to do the right at Kalanmai, which is where you have to, like, have sex with someone in order for fertility, for fertility or like whatever to bless the harvest <laughs> or Puritan shit is like summer. Right. So 
uh, Lucian decided to do it on behalf of Tamlin. Ianthe is the lady. Wait, so I have a question. I, I still t- don't really understand that logic. Like, Tamlin is the spring court. But he can, lord. but because he's the high lord, he can assign someone in his place. Yeah. Why didn't he do that in the past? Because he was single and living it up. Because he got to pick the bitch that he took home with him. Mm. And Ianthe just over-inserted herself like she fucking she does. Also, why didn't he say that to Farrah, like... In because they were not together. Also, also he sh- she was immortal. I I think I think. Oh yeah, he he like made a comment that he like she wouldn't be able to handle. It. Yeah, well that and she <sighs> couldn't be part Man. of it. But at the time they weren't actually together. That would have been a tough... that was their first kiss or like he like cornered her and yeah. kissed her or, like whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And then recent showed up the next. Okay, day. but back then I found that romantic. Oh, we all did. Oh, that was hot as hell in the moment. And then I realized it's not I a red flag. <laughs> It's like all of my dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First kiss, great. Three months down the line, ah. <laughs> but three books later. Yeah. But speaking of t- steamy stuff, Feyre remembers like she's thinking when Lucian is telling her about Calibi. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I totally lost track of that." Like, well, <laughs> well, Lucian was in Ianthe. Resand was in <laughs> me in the mountains. That's literally what it's. No wonder I totally forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) That boy, like, fried my mind. (laughs) But um, it was, like, said, like, they were making their own magic. Mm -hmm. I'm like, get it, girl. (laughs) Cute. But, um, but yeah, so uh, Lucian, uh, so... Yeah, Anthony's entitlement yeah. towards Lucian has not ended since Cal and Mai, unfortunately. Right. She kind of, it does sort of feel like she's like, I own your ass, I've seen your dick. Like, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> like, you still want, I mean, you wouldn't have picked me for the Cal and Mai, right? But I think... If it was me, I don't think Tanlin would have selected Ianthe. I think Ianthe urged him to select her. This is my theory. Mm-hmm. And she probably was like, oh, if Lucian has sex with me for the right, like, it will be, like, a blessed moment because I'm a priestess and I talk to, like, the cauldron gods. And then, like, <laughs> like it's just going to be, gods. like, it's going to be extra special and you need that right now because your shit is in shambles. Sorry, that's, just, that's funny to say. Your shit isn't shambles. Your shit isn't shambles. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I really hate her. She's not redeemable in this at all. I mean, like, I only liked her a little bit in the in the second book because she was kind of being friends with, with Feyre, playing the wedding and stuff. She wasn't really listening to Feyre, but yeah. she just was kind of, like, vicariously living through Feyre. Which you know was, what she was? So we just watched that My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, yeah. She was the Greek family. Not letting her... That le- dress letting, is exactly Yeah, like, like not Farrah's. letting Farrah have the wedding that she wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and they put Harry in the, the invitations. <laughs> um, I have to say, though, Farrah's payback for Ianthe was so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that, we also have to, I think it would be important to go into the first thing that Feyre did to get at Ianthe, which was the summer solstice, <laughs> and this was amazing. Oh, you God, have the best so grass on it, go for it, So, Parks. the summer solstice is, you know, it's celebrated in the spring course, something fancy to do, and... 
I guess Ianthe wanted to do these like long ass prayers and whatnot, super boring shit. Ianthe, no way. And <laughs> all as, about her? Never. Ever. As the like sun <laughs> rotates, I'm guessing, it will shot like there's a prayer stone thing. So she lined it up perfectly to be behind her for her all powerful like holiness. And she would look amazing and like the like the like the cauldron was blessing her, the sun was blessing her, whatever the fuck. (laughs) But Feyre tactfully moved the prayer stone to behind her, or like moved it a few feet over, and she was standing next to Lucian when that happened. And what she also does to sort of like just twist the knife in is she takes some of her day power or, or decor power to just like up the illumination like 10 degrees <laughs> so she's like one sparkly ass bitch and, like, <laughs> and it is very obvious so, well and not only did she one up by Anthe, she also further drove the wedge between Lucian and Tamlin by having Tam or Lucian next to her and Tamlin on the other side of the ceremony and Lucian like bowed to her like did like some type of whatever ritual like <laughs> it was like for Lucian uh, brother-in-law love you chef's kiss Farah. if, if SJ Moss like doesn't get Lucian hooked up I will willingly take him like I'm just saying okay so let's do a little pop quiz Pop Not quizzes. even a pop quiz, but like pop predictions. Pop predictions. Or pop just per- pop, 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 um, preference. Like if he could Suspense end up with, me. if he were to end up with anyone, dream, like regardless of mate or whatever, who should he end up with? Hmm. Not Elaine. <laughs> I'm firmly wow. in that camp. I, I'm firmly I in that camp. I also agree with Sam on this only because I feel like Elaine is always going to attribute Lucian to the most traumatic <gasps> event of her life. Aww. I just, I, like, it's it's heartbreaking because I actually think they would be soups cute together. I know. Um, but I don't foresee Elaine ever really getting past that trauma because if you think about it, like, she basically died as a human being and was reborn as something else. The one like, of, of, of the yeah. three sisters, she was the one that should have truly had a human life. Mm-hmm. I'm an Illyrial fan till I die. Mm-hmm. So, you know what's so funny? I think that... I know what that is. <laughs> I know I just, like, threw a out the door. But as far as Elaine goes, it's so funny because I feel like throughout the whole series, you think that she's just kind of like, uh, what do they call it, like, bestowed to somebody else? Like, she was with the Oh, human betrothed? Life. Betrothed. That's mm-hmm. the right word. Um... <laughs> I got, a, I got a film major. I'm not a doctor. Um, not a dictionary either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a long day. I've been working since like five. Oh, you do have. But like, she's always been betrothed to somebody else. What if she's the one who like ends up being like the independent woman for life? You know what I mean? Like, oh, never I, with someone. I have no doubt about that. I I, I think Elaine is. I think like Feyre, I think Elaine is going to blossom and and evolve and change in in, in many beautiful ways. Um, I don't think Nesta will. I think Nesta's pre-rounded out. (laughs) That's it. I I don't think we're going to see much with her. Maybe maybe she'll soften up a little bit, but like I like Nesta's pretty grounded. I I think that's what bothers me about like there are so many people that just hate on Elaine, and I'm like we just like 
don't know her. Yeah. And really like people don't. that and people put up so much on Asriel too. And I'm like, but we also don't know. Like, how are you guys so invested in these characters that we only know like surface level, like icing level of these characters, and you guys are like literally slinging mud at each other over yeah. them. Like you we just know looked nothing their faces. about them. That's it. I mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I, I think I think Elaine is gonna be really important, especially with um I'm going to spoil it, so I'm not going to say. We'll okay, talk about so, it later. Like, Lucian, who do you think he'd end up with? Like, from this moment. From this moment, with the knowledge of women that I know? <laughs> um, or, I guess, men. You know, he <gasps> should, like... Ooh, that's a plot thing, twist. too, actually. We'll talk about plot that later. Twist. I'm just saying, I feel like Faye are a little loosey-goosey around that stuff. I don't think, like, they're they're not only a spectrum, they're the whole damn color wheel. You know what I mean? Like, I think they could <laughs> what go... What if it's him and Tamlin? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't see that happening. But like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Tarquin goes both ways. He's nice. I like Tarquin. Tarquin. They would actually be a really cute couple, right? Okay, I ship them. Or um, I'm trying to think of like a lady. Maybe he's friend from the day court because we know. I mean, this is not huge. Uh, no, he says it's a woman. Yeah, they're all. Well, yeah, okay. He's got the female connection from the day court. He has a friend that could be nice. We don't really know much about you know her. What? He would have been probably super cute with mm-hmm. who was also just like super naive and thought that she was doing the right thing, even though she ended up dying. I feel like you're gonna say Elaine, but I no, don't. That's not the human queen. Oh, the human, the one human the, queen. The one Vassa? who the book. You know, I have a theory about the human queen that gave them the book. I think that was all part of Highburn's plan. And I've thought about this a little bit after Ooh. the book went by. Because I was remember, because I, I, in this, this set of chapters, um... Feyre sends those, like, images to the children of the blessed to, like, scare them off, and she sends them the human queen on the spike. And I thought about this, and I'm like, you know, I really don't think the human queens would have given them the book. I think Hybern forced her to give them the book. And, like, as part of his whole grand plan. Like, and and then killed her as, like, just just to set just to be like oh yeah this just to just to build this trap of like oh my gosh the human queen totally betrayed her other friends or like distraction yeah i think i'm sorry like the more i think back about it i think that was all pre-planned by highburn i i genuinely try to figure out what especially after we were i reread the second book trying to fit we i think we talked about it on the podcast but it makes me wonder how much of it was them actually curious and wanting to work with the night court and when they flipped or if they ever flipped was I it always by. the negative intention or did were they swayed at the end with immortality because of the cauldron i totally stand by the fact that they were swayed from the beginning i think they switched halfway i think they switched halfway Let's too do a poll well, we just did it. So. No, I meant like with the v- listeners. Yeah. Our friends There's that may or may not have read the books. God, Sam. No, I, I, I agree with. I think they swayed. I, I agree with Sam. I, there, there was just an energy switch. I don't, I don't really know. An, an intention switch. Yeah. Yes. Like they were willing to like humor it. They're like, this is weird, but okay. And then they waited so so long, long to respond back. That was what got me as well. Like, and then for them to mock Resan's letter about Feyre. Like, yeah, they, they they had something in their back pocket by then. Because I actually think that Resan's letter, I think they saw it as being it very so genuine. Cute. Like It was so cute, but I don't think they found it cute. I know. Because they well, they're fucking bitches. Because <laughs> the whole man, the whole mind manipulation thing is just so bullshit. Like when they made that comment to Resan about the letter. Like I that was such a bullshit excuse. But you have to remember, that's what everyone thought of him. 
Like, even under the mountain he's gonna... before that, you know what I mean? Like, everyone thinks that everything Rhysand does is mind manipulation. Like, that is what he's known for. So I'm pretty sure they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, Lord, High Lord of the Night Court, you're super trustworthy, even though your whole reputation and everything we know about you is built on a throne of lies. I just think that they, if, that was, if that was always going to be their thought, they would have stuck to that and not even met with them in the first place. Yeah. But, like, part of being a chess player is to see what they're willing to give Which, up. well, like, and, th- and that brings to your point, like, if this is a chess game, it almost seems like Hybrid was there from the get-go. Boom! That's but, what I mean, I'm talking that's, about. like, you could argue that. Like, if this was... Yeah, but I... I, I, I agree. I mean, so my theory is that Highburn was present, but they had not chosen to take him off. Yeah. They, I, they had they decide, was, they had their feast laid out, and they decided their their first portion. What, what yeah. question. Mm. What, how do you guys perceive... So, like, when you were first introduced to even the idea of Highburn, what were your feelings towards that? Because I feel like if I were a human queen, and I was mortal, I feel like... He's, like, the Bowser that I don't want to fuck with, ever. You know what I mean? Like, you might not have met him or made connections, but you don't want to cross him because he could just do detrimental destruction to your society. I have a thought. Well, let's hear it. I want to know. I'm just throwing um, shit out I'm there. I'm trying to think of a good example, and I know, like, and I can't, it's on the tip of my tongue. I think that if Highburn finds you, you're dead. And I think that is what the assumption is. Like, if you are caught in the web of Highburn, expect to be dead. Like, like, like you're caught. There is no escaping. But see, that's how I feel. And so I think that they're like, I feel like fear instilled would instantly, the moment someone even mentions that they want to go against Highburn, even if it's like for a meeting, mm-hmm. you know that I feel like they'd already be on his side out of fear. But I think that they, because they had the other half of the book... I wonder if they thought that once they became immortal, they could have the upper hand. But in order to know that they be- could become immortal, they had to have spoken with Hybrid. But that didn't mean that they were still, they wouldn't have tried to double cross him in the but process. Also, realistically, even if you have the book, you really think this motherfucker is not going to come and like murder you for I the mean, book? I mean, and that's the thing it? is like he has 200,000 soldiers <sighs> and, ma- and magic. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, not to mention magic. Like, even 200,000 soldiers was enough to annihilate an entire country. Let's add magic to that. So I'm just saying, like, he is, uh, he's deadly. Like, he's deadly upon contact. Like, I don't, (laughs) I think, I, I think the queens were playing the best card they thought they had. Um, Wrong. Well, I guess, you know what, I could see them from your point of view if they, like, didn't think that Hybern would ever get involved directly with them, was afraid of Rhysand, and were like, yeah, sure, we'll hammer you, buddy. <laughs> well, you know what, I, I, I think about that those first couple meetings where they were so, like, over it. Like, they they were like, look, we've been around a few times, not as much as you, because you're hundreds of years old, but, like, we know the gist, it's gonna be a war, shit's gonna go down, like, good luck. Good luck. Like, Leave us out of like it. Like, we've, we've played the good best, we played the good guy, we played the bad cop, we're, like, we're just kind of easy breezy, we're gonna go with what we want to do. Yeah. And I think it was a very, like, just selfish, like, blah, who, like, we're all gonna fucking die anyways. Yeah, like, we're mortal. Yeah, like, we're mortal, so maybe if we're immortal, we can still figure this shit out, but like yeah, I I don't I feel genuinely that the, that the queens had no allegiance 
I think they were going to do what was best for them personally, not their people, not the Fae, not for Highburn. I think they were very selfish in their decisions and, and how they wanted to proceed with that. Okay, you might have swayed me. I don't know. That is my theory, but... I have an important question. Mm. <gasps> I don't want to answer it, but you go ahead. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> oh my okay. gosh. What are you going to ask so, us? So, what's the king of Highburn's name? Highburn. That's Wait. the name of the country. That's the name on the map. <gasps> what is his name? His name's not Highburn? Wait, he's the king of Highburn, which is the... Is it Jerry? <gasps> like, Wait, what? How have we not known his name? Is this like the doctor or like? I can think. Okay. I can think like, Reddit for this. I'm My so fuck. upset about this right now. <laughs> I'm not okay. I saw it on Reddit and I was like, "Fuck this! I have to bring this up on the podcast." What is? Wait, his do name? you know? There's no the, name. There's no name. He's literally King Highburn. He's the man with no name. Mm-hmm. Girl with <gasps> no name. What if it's a? What if it's actually a female and she's pretending to be the king of? Oh. Oh like my god, a, my brain. Like a face, like one of the facey things. Like no, no I think what if it's a woman like playing the wiz- like wizard? Oh, oh! All right, moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, we have two more topics to discuss before we've wrapped up this section. We need to touch base on Ms. Alice, um, Feyre's lady in waiting, and we need to eventually talk about the prince and princess of Hybrid that actually have fucking names. <laughs> So, Alice, she is a smart cookie, isn't she? Yeah, I like that line where she's like, you know, everyone thinks you came back wrong, but I think you came back right. Um, And she also tells, which I I didn't realize this, is Feyre was so just out of it when she was taken by Moore that she didn't even know that Alice urged Moore to take her. Or that there was an audience. Hmm? Can you give a little recap? Oh, just like, oh, sorry. So when... Who is Alice? Alice is the handmaid or... Yeah, I, I'm calling her, yeah. Undermaid? Just, just... Feyre's maid. Feyre's maid. Yeah, yeah Feyre's maid. Kind of like Nawal and Keridan are in the night court. Um, and, you know, she does like her hair and... Who is originally from the summer court and yeah. escaped with her nephews her when nephews. her sister died. Yeah. And then in the second book, when Feyre was really struggling mentally, um, she Feyre had a mental breakdown when Tamlin locked her up, that she sort of exploded, like I, I mean, like exploded with power, and um, and Moore shows up, picks up Feyre, and Alice begs Moore to take Feyre away. Because mm-hmm. Farah was literally, like, she was, was self imploding, you know, like like literally. So this is Alice telling Farah for the first time that she was the one that was like, "Hey, just so you're aware, I'm the one who told Moore to take you." And I know it's just she's and she basically was like, "Look, I know you're up to something. Keep me and my nephews out yeah, of it. Keep me Let us get out of here. Oh, yeah, respect, respect." And well, and it adds to the mounting, like, Farah is hearing, I feel like, from multiple sources, especially after the century that gets whipped because of Ianthe, which we can unpack later. But people are starting to realize that they were wrong in not stepping in when Ta- when Pharaoh was struggling under Tamlin. Mm-hmm. I have my feelings about all that. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, and it's such an interesting commentary because I think that is, that's why I can't watch True Par- 
true crime podcasts anymore because it's always the aftermath of, oh, we should have done more. We should have yeah. done more. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, That's like, not... oh, we could have saved. No, you have a gut feeling that shit's going down and you should act on it. Yes. But I will say, you know, culturally... In, especially in the, like like well in America but for women in general we're told really not to trust our guts you know there's a lot I'm seeing a lot more parents these days saying I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna make my kids hug people when they don't want Love to that. but yeah it's sad that it took Feyre needing to literally self implode to get herself out of an abusive situation for people to realize that they should have stepped in earlier and they didn't even realize until like. Way after, I feel like. Well, until she had to start manipulating them for people to realize that Tamlin was a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. You know, that that she had to pit Tamlin against his centuries and that she had to pit Lucian against Tamlin and that, yeah, it's she had to open their eyes to the problem at hand. Well, you know what's so funny to me? Oh, it's not funny. That's sarcasm. But, like, she imploded and everyone instantly looked at Resand. And was like, he stole her. And it's like, <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of yeah, that perspective. Yeah, it's all Rhysand's fault that yeah. she imploded mm-hmm. and just happened to disappear after all of this. But it's all Rhysand's Well, he comes back looking healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. Not abused and tormented and traumatized. Mm-hmm. Like, actions speak louder than words. Like, when you can see a physical difference, she's no longer wasting away. Mm-hmm. What a concept. I did want to talk about, with these chapters, like, when we go into, like, Feyre's power moves and her power play with all of this. Because um, the other things that happen with, aside from the summer solstice, we then, the next thing is, you know, because of what Feyre did at summer solstice to embarrass Ianthe, Ianthe had to, like, step shit up. And, and she wanted to be seen as the healer, and she wanted to be seen as a savior, so she releases a Nagaw. This is, now this is Fair's assumption, we can pretty much assume this is what happened, um, that she released a Nagaw, which ran through, it sounds like it didn't hurt anyone, but... Uh, can you also, like, explain what that means? The Nagaw? Mm-hmm. Oh, so we found... that hasn't happened yet. No, it happens in this. It, it happens, happens in this in this section. In this section. Well, no, I meant happened prior to this moment. Right, right. So, so but we've seen the Naga before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were in the first book. So the Naga is just like a horrible beast, um, which I guess it, they poison the land, or there's something about them which poisons the area that they come into contact with. Um, and when the Naga were found, they were found with a set of keys from one of their uh, sentries. And they tracked down who it was, and this sentry was put up for for punishment. I think about this a lot, because Feyre makes a comment about, like, you know, this is... Because, of course, Feyre wants to be seen as this... As this person who's concerned about this man and to get the sort of support from, from the people around Tamlin. What bothers me about all of this is that... Feyre even says through it, and I wrote down this quote uh, from her, which is, uh, let me write, let me read it. Uh, let me see. Uh, it's Yeah, it was, it was, um, she talks about the sentry that's going to be whipped, and she, she says, he would heal from the pain, but the blow to his honor, I'd take a little piece out of mine as well. Mm. And I think that's important because 
These were all pieces that Feyre set up. She knew if she were to do all of this, Ianthe would behave this way. And this poor sentry was a lamb to slaughter in her plan. Like, she is sending the spring court to hell and to ruin. She knows this by doing all of these things. And I compared it to Paradise Lost, which is this epic poem, um, super fucking old. Um, and it's not a, a fantasy thing. It's, it's, um, it's an interpretation of uh, the fall of Eden. And um, the idea or the question is, is if you are ever, if you're all knowing, then aren't you not responsible for the fall of, of, of people? So if you know that if you release Satan onto earth and you know he'll manipulate the Eve yeah. and you know he'll take down... And you allow it. Yeah, you're actually allowing it to happen. And that's the question around it. And that is where we're kind of at with Feyre right now is... Is she a good person? Like, like, yeah, she enters the gray area. Yeah, she enters this gray area. And it's something that we can talk about when we get farther into the book because there can be an argument made, my opinion, that Farah didn't need to do this and they might have been stronger against Highburn if she had not done this yeah. to the spring. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, and it sucks. And I wonder, so like, <clears throat> she struggled so much under the mountain when she had to make those sacrifices. And I wonder if that almost set her up for the ability to do this. Well, but also she deserves to fe- to get have some of her power back when she lost it. Like, that is 100% valid in getting that ownership back and taking control of her life. I'm all for that. But I think in the... A kind of like, in my opinion, which we all agree with, with the fucking summer court, could this been handled differently? That would have been better for a long-term solution. Right. Um, we can t- go into this a little bit more later. No, but, but you're right. Because of <clears throat> Feyre... I mean, or in association with Feyre, we've lost the summer court and soon to be the spring court. Like, and that's on them making these decisions, like you said, a little poorly, like not thinking out impulsively. Uh, yeah, like this is thinking this is the only way to handle this, and it's not. Like, do you, do you think that part of the time crunch played a part into it? But like. What time crunch? Like, like, are we, like... Well, the thing is, it's like, you never know when war is actually going to happen, so you got to start making your points because you have to act ahead of the other plays. Do you see what I mean? Or I... Like your... What, what is that um, Peaky Blinders quote? Oh, my gosh, where he was like... Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I'll insert yeah. it here if I can find it. But he talks about how, like, she was like, why would we do this? And he's like, because if we don't, we're fucked, essentially. And I think it's so weird because, like... I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's because I've read Throne of Glass now. I've read all three of Sarah J. Mass's books. But, like, the the inevitability of war in this world, in this series, does not feel as looming as it does in Crescent City or as in Throne of Glass. Right. So, like, the threat of Highburn just doesn't ever truly feel threatening I to was going to say the same thing. I was like, I don't so, see a ticking clock. I don't see the urgency that it has to be done exactly this way you know where lives are like, at stake. I feel like I had more anxiety because I was like... You know, with the other book series, you could tell that, like, shit was gonna happen. This one, I feel like you're almost kind of 
anticipating being blindsided because even you look at what happened in Valaris when they attacked like they were just strolling around the city you know like super calm going to get dinner and stuff and all of a sudden all of these things approached and they were like massacring people of Valaris but that was because Reese started sticking his nose into shit. If we're really going to get into that. Yeah, he again like well, Valaris became Valaris. a target yeah. because he started poking around for those fucking books. And just showing Valaris was that the right move to show that that was <laughs> I mean, a tr- that I they agree, were trustworthy. But like but that this is what it. we're saying is like these are not smart decisions. Sorry, these are not smart decisions. Like no, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with they're, that. But I wonder like, if they are just like they're it's almost like they're throwing punches blindly and hoping to make a connect before they just get, like, someone coming behind them. That also just doesn't feel like a resand move in hindsight. As, mm-hmm. as we're go- now that we're going well, down this rabbit hole, this doesn't feel like up? a resand thing. Weren't there things leading up that they had concern over, like, holes in the wall appearing or things happening? The legs were missing from the cauldron. They slaughtered all those the le- the, yeah. Yes, the, the location of the legs mm-hmm. became revealed and what there was that temple of the high priestesses that were attacked like so that was really the only but that's the thing they were not necessary but you i think hybrid was only going after them because we started snooping for the book because the culture was still functional without the legs it almost reminds me of the movie rat race where it was like one small thing goes into effect and then it's just like balls to the wall hit the ground running gotta get it before anyone else does and but i think resan started it which he might have that's just my humble opinion. Like I, mean, I he think he also was stuck under the mountain for so long that he probably came up and was like, "Oh my god, I gotta get prepared." Can't do this again. <laughs> I mean, and that's fair. fair. Never again. Never forget. No more hoes in this house. I mean, and that's fair. Like, fifty years of trauma was gonna fuck you up. Like, like, and and maybe yeah. and maybe this this is that's a good point that. Maybe the reason why they're not thinking this through is because they're so, like, he is so traumatized and so afraid of this happening again. And now he has, like, a mate and things are kind of starting to feel perfect again. He has his friends and his lady love interest. Like, maybe that's his, maybe it's him putting pressure on himself. Like, it's, um, or, like, seeing threats where there aren't any. Or not that there aren't any, but not an, an imminent Eminent, eminent. You, know, you always want to like type A personality. You always want to be ahead of it. You want to be a, like the one in control. And so maybe he was just pre-planning. And Resan lost control because yeah. he was too focused on killing Amarantha. He got fucked in the yeah. process. That's fair. All right. Well, we still have to talk about like the main fucking plot point. Round. <laughs> okay, let's cover like eighty things. Um. <laughs> We definitely want to get into our new guests, which is Branna and Dagden. Mm-hmm. Which Branna's are... the princess, and Dagden is the prince, and Jurian is with them. Yeah, and they are the niece and nephew to King Highburn, which King is of Highburn, which has no name. Which is name? <laughs> what if his name is like Highburn Highburn? Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't spit up your drink. <laughs> Bourbon's gonna burn what real good. What if he was named after the city he was born in, which happens to be Highburn? Oh, That's yeah. not the city, it's the country. So Fine, nice the try. country he was born in. Like, people aren't named fucking Dallas, and. <laughs> Dallas is a city, not a country. I'm just saying, like, 
There and there are guys named Texas because some people are like, "Hey, what's up, Tex?" I don't know why I'm focusing on Texas okay. specifically. Georgia would have been a much track. better example. Of that. Oh, see, there you go, Georgia. Thank you. And I'm sure there's someone named Arkansas out there. I'm certain of it. So, uh, Branna and Dagden, they are the niece and nephew of King King of Highburn, and they are awful. Uh, the first time we see them. I mean, their whole purpose for being here is to assess if there are any weaknesses in the spring court. They're kind of feeling out Tamlin. And the wall. And the wall and the resources that are at the spring court. Um, they're kind of dicks and they have Probably this, fucking each other. Yeah, there's this like weird incestuous like Jamie Lannister Cersei vibe going on there. I was about to say that too. Yeah, no, like it's 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 there. And <laughs> um and Feyre notices at the first dinner with them that they're like taking really long to answer things. They're just kind of like standing there, like just sitting there and just not saying anything at all. And she's like, I think they might be Daimati. And she senses them like going after the shields of Lucian and Ianthe and Tamlin. And she throws up adamant on those and uh, stops her in their tracks and she looks at them being like, I know who you are, bitch. You know who I am. Just come at me, bro. I like the description of her yeah. scraping the claw against their fucking shield. Like, such a power move. Yeah, Feyre, let's so go. Such a power move. And, uh, and the other person who's there is Jurian. We remember him from the first book. He was an eyeball in a ring. And, uh, <laughs> and now he's a real a boy. <laughs> <laughs> And he is, I assume he's still human. I have no clue what to think of Jurian and, like, his current well, state. Because he was human before Amarantha disassembled him. Is he a fae now? Like, because if he went through the cauldron, wouldn't he come out fae? It's not really confirmed one That's way or the other. That's a great point. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I would think he's fae. Yeah, because he's made But is it different because they had to reassemble him? Like, <laughs> did he not get as much made because they had to use all the power to put him, like, they just dismemberment? Like, humans? <laughs> Seriously, like, like, how does the cauldron work? <laughs> Elaine and Nesta went in full bodied. They were they just dropped a couple pieces of a potion for Jurians. So yeah, I I wasn't sure if you guys were aware of that or not. That's and a I great question. I didn't check. I'll check the the end of the second book and just at his introduction introduction to see if they mention anything about pointy ears. But he certainly hasn't displayed any magical qualities or tendencies like. Not seeing any like special abilities. He's or... insanely human. Well, I'm just saying, like, and he, also there's... insane. He's not, yeah, and insane. You know, a twofer. Um, but, <laughs> but like, he's not like glamoring anyone. He's not showing any special abilities that we know of. We know of. I, I'm assuming he looks like a human, but I was like, maybe he's like human on the outside, a little bit of fang on the inside, you know? Like, Spice it up. You know, like an Oreo. <laughs> and, um, and so they go, the big reason why uh, Branna and Dagden are here, they're checking out the wall, and we have a couple different excursions where we go out to the wall. And one of, on one of the ex ex excursions, um, the Children of the Blast are on the other side of the hole. Oh, wait. I motherfucking called it. I know. I called it. You did. I will place a sound clip from episode one. Yep. 
called that shit. You did. I motherfucking called it. It's a good thing Hannah's so humble. Branna and Branna and I mean, they are practically a couple, so you could say Bragdon. Bragdon. So what Feyre does to save the Chode and the Blast is she reaches out to them with her mental powers and plants images that... And it's interesting. She doesn't use images that, like, she doesn't make up scary images. She no. uses images from her past. She uses Under the Mountain, Claire Bedford, um, the uh, Dame, uh, the, uh, the Naga and the Bogey and the all Adder that stuff. and yeah. the Golden Queen getting spiked through the chest, yeah. like. Um, all these like horrible things that absolutely happen, and they and they bolt off. Um, and then we have this very very sweet moment with with Jurian. He thanks Feyre for doing that, and I mean he is still. I mean I think in his mind he's still human, and of course like Feyre as well. Like even though she is Faye, like considered Fey now, but um, he was very he was very appreciative that she did that. And then, um... Jurian's such an interesting character at this point because he clearly sides with Highburn, but he has been implying and saying things that are... I don't think he's necessarily on Pharaoh and Rhysand's side. He's kind of on his own island at this point. He's just kind of playing the game, I think, more than any of us realize. He's a little finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He is. That's why I don't fucking like him. <laughs> Thank you for that. He has. He has. He, he only. He sorry. He has only one agenda, and it's his own. Yes. Um, which, honestly, which is to get back at Miriam. Really. Which I is, feel like it's to get back at Miriam Draken at this point. Oh, no, it is, because he this said... Kind of a little heartbreak, and we know men are sensitive. Well, That's he funny. also reveals, because it was in the second book when Rhysan tells Feyre the story of Jurian and Miriam that... I think it was Rhysan that told her mm-hmm. that. Um, in that interpret... Well, in that story, we find that uh, Miriam was Jurian's lover for a hot minute, and then Prince Dragon... Dragon, mm-hmm. yeah. I, um, he comes into picture, and then as Jurian is sort of slipping into madness and ambition over this war, um, that's when Miriam and Dracon become close, and um, and she basically leaves Jurian for him. Yeah, it says, you know that Rhysand and I fought together, don't you? Me and your high lord held the lines against the loyalists. Um, he's not her high lord, Tamlin said. Jurian only purred at me. He must have told you where he hid Miriam and Drake, and they're dead, I said flatly. The cauldron says otherwise. Um, I I think you'd have better things to do, Jurian, than obsess over the lover who jilted you. His eyes gleamed bright with five centuries of madness as he skewered a morsel of meat with his fork. They say you are fucking Rhysand before you ever jilted your own lover. That is enough, Tamlin growled. Oh, the spiciness. So, yeah, there's a lot of unresolved shit there. (laughs) Well, and in in the scene that I'm referring to, which is the the campfire thing, um, that one is, uh, that's when, that's when Feyre says, I don't understand why you're doing this. Like, you know, weren't you obsessed with, like, getting information out of Clithia? And he's like, Marion told me I could could fuck her, you know, for information. That was was the plan. She was totally cool with it. So, 
we don't really like so we're getting a couple different accounts of this and the whole point of of Jurian coming back into the picture is he wants to draw out Miriam and make her pay for what she did and for for scorning him and I guess then he'll move on with his life jeez um so um and then unfortunately the next morning um Jurian wakes I think no Lucian wakes up uh Thera Thera because they run into Jury and he's like, it's too late. And they see a slaughterhouse mm-hmm. of the three children of the blessed. Because they cross the wall to go back after them, even though they cross back into the human realm. Mm-hmm. It was rough. I told you, sacrificial lambs. And I always find I always find that scene a little interesting when it comes to Jury and to be so grateful that she saved them. So and then when they're dead, and we also, like, he may have reacted differently when he found the bodies, but he was so blasé about, he's like, oh, if they're dead, there's nothing you can do about it, like. Do you wonder if that's just, like, because of his history with war, and how once you see death, you kind of become the coping yeah. mechanism? Yeah, totally yeah, where possible. It's like, I'm so grateful that you saved them, and then realizing that they came back, it was like, this was this fucked is- from the get-go. I mean... He came back from being an eyeball and a finger. I would just think that I would just think that he would have a different appreciation for life, I but guess. But you know what? You also have to remember that he's like a a war commander That's or like true. an army commander. That's like true. he he probably has seen some horrible shit. He's experienced it himself and like Fun at the end of the day reason. At the end of the day, these children, as much as he wishes that they would have lived, and, like, you saw the appreciation, they are a casualty of war. Yep. Okay. Like, whether he likes it or not, there's nothing he can do about it now. Hmm. No, I, I, I couldn't... I think that's a really good point. Um, I guess I was thinking this has to do with his madness and his sort of uh, desensitization. But I oh, 100%. think... Oh, 100%. I think he's totally desensitized. Yeah, but I, I think... I, I agree with you. I don't think it has to do with his madness. I think it has to do with just being a world war general and seeing a lot of sh- uh, really bad shit. You know, unpopular opinion, I don't think he's that mad. I think that he is scorned and has lived as a finger in an eyeball and seen some terrible shit. And maybe that he... <laughs> true like maybe he's just like super bitter right now and i feel like that's fair like he just literally sat on amarantha's finger and her neckline for a long ass time after just suffering tremendous heartbreak and now he's a human and like maybe he just doesn't really know what where his like loyalty lies i just trying to figure it out because he also just doesn't know what the the what do you call it the the status of everything is Huh. He just got remade. Mm, that's true. He's kind of coming in. He's to... trying to figure out the new power players. Yeah. That's why he's feeling out Feyre. Ah. And that wonderful quote I'll have to find in a second about how um, he knew that Resand would do everything he could to find his mates so that um, because Resand isn't looking for Feyre, that Feyre has been unleashed on the spring court. Like, he fucking knows. Perhaps that's because Resan has not lost you at all, but rather unleashed you upon us. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, you think about just, like, from personal experience, like, when you deal with heartbreak, that sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sucks really bad, especially when there's another person involved and you were so focused on surviving. Th- thinking everything was okay the whole time. Yeah, while you're like, sweetie, can you just chill for a little bit? I gotta save the fucking human realm right now. You know what I BRB. mean? BRB. Like, also... It's funny because, like, 
Maybe I just don't have that much ill... Like, I think Jorian's weird. Yeah, sure. But I also kind of, like, don't necessarily love Miriam. We just don't know her. It's hard to really form yeah, an opinion. Just like Asriel and Elaine, we can't go making assumptions yeah, about but it's like, we don't know I, I feel indifferent towards both of them. Like, I don't look at Jurian as a bad guy, and I don't look at her as a bad guy, but I don't look at her or him as a good person. Jurian feels bad right now because he was present for Hybern Hi- brought him back, therefore you associate him as a negative thing right yeah, now. Yeah, but he didn't we choose also, to come back. We also mm-hmm. don't know why he brought Jerry How back. or whatever. You know what? That's true. Like, why is like, he back? He's why still he he's still in the gray. Like, Miriam and Dracon, I feel like, lean into Elaine and Asriel. And, like, we can't really make assumptions. Jurian's just this weird, like, metally kind of shady guy that kind of reappeared. Or but, do you think that he's just surviving? Well, also, and speaking on behalf of Miriam, she also grew up with a lot of abuse so we don't know like how what her view is on people and yeah. sympathy and or, or like and relationships yeah and... i just don't view jurian as like i don't know i don't view him as this like insane villain you know I feel no like but i don't i don't villain. think i don't think he's the hero no <laughs> i don't think he's the villain or the hero i think that he's just he's the anti-hero mm-hmm. not not me with the taylor swift reference it's fine <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the epitome of jury. We need to go into just the last bit. Of, we need to finish out this arc. Run. So, yeah, chapter yes. eight, where Lucian and Feyre decide to take matters in their own okay. hands against Dagden and Branna for going after the children. Oh, they're of reuniting again. Teaming that's up. Nice. I love it. Maybe their friendship will, will last. We'll survive. So maybe. they sick the uh, bogey on, on Branna. Branna and Dagden. I love how it's called with Bogey. It always makes me think of that Adam Sandler movie. Or no, not Adam Sandler. The 10 Things I Hate About You. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Bogey's Party. Yeah. Bogey's Party. (laughs) Yeah. It's a... And that's... Oh, he's such a great comedian. I can't remember his name. Um, But yeah, no. Yeah. The the party they throw. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. I know. (laughs) I'm sorry about so Tamlin has opinions. Surprise, surprise. No way. White male opinions? <laughs> Never. Oh, wait, anyway, I was gonna say like I find it very interesting that this is the first time we are seeing Feyre and Tamlin like sit down and talk to each other and have like 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 have a conversation. Not only like, so you see Tamlin's old like the side that we're prepared to see from Tamlin, but we're seeing Feyre finally stand up for herself at the same time. Right. Yeah. And you know, and the last time we were in this room where Feyre stood up for herself, the same thing happened where she was like trying yeah. to explain to Tamlin that she felt she was suffocating and, and that she is a human and deserves her rights and feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, oh, you know, Sam, calm down. That's <laughs> a lot to ask her. And when that happened in How the second you? book, he exploded with uh, with power and anger. And that time, she unknowingly protected herself um, by putting up a shield. She didn't know how. Um, one of the new abilities she has that she's not, which at the time she wasn't as familiar with. But um, again, you know, now we have Feyre and Lucian this time around together and Tamlin is upset with him. He dismisses Lucian. And that's when Feyre confronts Tamlin about his choices when it comes to Highburn, when it comes to having the niece and nephew there, why he is not like, I think, did she also mention Ianthea? I don't think she did. 
No. I don't think she no. did. And she's and, over that bitch at this and, point. And just and just his behavior when it comes to this war and and how he's going about it. And he again loses his temper, explodes in power. And this time around, she intentionally let that hit her full force. So table hits her. Uh, She's like beating up the glass from the windows, like she's scraped up to shit. Mm -hmm. Um, To and which gains her favor from the centuries after she defends them and like nurtures the one that got whipped. So she is just slowly gathering so much sympathy Mm -hmm. and pitting everybody against him. It's brilliant, truly. It's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) And she's the sober one. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm a little spacey right now. It's because it's late. Yeah, I know. It's a long day, and it's rainy and cold. Mm-hmm. We need to wrap this up, though. We're almost done. We're on chapter eight. We still have two more chapters to get through. Okay. Oh, God. So, this happens. Um, Sentry gets in trouble. The Because during the time that this happened, the Naga was released into the grounds. This next morning, as this Sentry is being punished, like you said... Feyre definitely gets. She stands up for this young man who she knows in her heart of hearts that he's oh, he's just a pawn in Ianthe's power play to get some more attention and get the um, notoriety she thinks she deserves or her her entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, and of course, Tamlin. Uh, actually, Branna makes the comment pathetic because Tamlin almost seems like he's going to listen to the Sentry. And going to listen to Feyre, be like, hey, come on, people make mistakes, like, this happens. And he's about to change his mind, you can kind of see it, and then Branna says pathetic, and he realizes, like, he has to make a statement in order to hold, like, to prove that he's not weak. Oh my god, that's so stupid. Like, it's toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very Very toxic. I mean... Like, and it's like I have a big dick. No, you have a small dick. Mm-hmm. I have a big dick. So the so next cry. Mm-hmm. So the next day, uh, they go out to see another hole in the wall, and this time Alice actually prepares an extra bag for Feyre, and knowing that this is probably the last time she's going to see her, so I love it. And she tells uh, she tells Feyre that she's going to the day court. No, the summer court. Summer court. I'm sorry. Back home with her nephews. Thank you. And then that's when she confides. So she finally, Farah finally gives up the facade of innocence. And she's like, I don't have an ally. Like, I cannot go to the summer court. Like, I appreciate it. And she's like, no. She's like, you will always have at least me. You know what? I I can't wait for some, like, very far in the series where she comes back. I am Alice? hoping we see Alice. Oh, like, a little cameo where, like, it's least expected. Especially will, in front of Tarquin would be... Mwah. would make my life. Yes. Full stop. So, Feyre realizing that she has an, has an actual ally now. Feyre repacks her bags, and she is anticipating actually dipping out on this last excursion to get back to Resand. Yeah. Um, now, Tamlin goes on this one, Jurian goes on this one, Branna and Dagden go on this one, Lucian, and Ianthe. And Fucking bitch. <laughs> and Feyre makes a very interesting move because I think Feyre was thinking, what Tamlin was thinking is that they would share a tent, but she did not want to share a tent with Tamlin, so she 
bites the bullet and she just says that she wants to stay with Ianthe. I think it's very much that like keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer sort of mentality. But also I think trying to force Lucian and Tamlin into close proximities again to try to like kiss and make up, I feel like. Yeah. There's a little element of that to me. Well, and we didn't even talk about this is after the summer solstice where like at the summer solstice, Farrah's kind of cozying up to we did a little Tamlin. bit. We talked about the wedge yeah. that she drove between them with her lacy little yeah, undergarments, the- trying to low key seducing Tamlin. And then you know, and uh, and of course Lucian rushed to her side the night before when she was hit by Tamlin's power. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was very much a huge that that also like put the nail in the coffin when it came to Lucian and Tamlin. Like he. At that point, Lucian was picking Feyre's side, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, and then all of them are out doing this wall survey. That's when she decides to take her exit. Mm-hmm. She packs up. She um, starts moving, and that's when she hears Lucian and Ianthe. Mm-hmm. And instead of leaving Lucian to Ianthe's advances that she knows that he does not want... Uh, she interferes, and that's when she takes hers from Ianthe. I love it. You know what I find very interesting about her, how she, like, tortures Ianthe? Is that she does this whole thing about, like, you're not going to touch a male unless they consent to it. And mm-hmm. she kind of pushes that whole, like, the consent is important. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't she just make her, like, never have sex again? Like... Because that's not the punishment, because it's not the act of sex that's the problem. It's the fact of Ianthe using her power. So it's, I think, the the idea that she doesn't understand boundaries or consent, which oh, is okay. what got, I, which got Elaine and Nesta turned into Faye with, uh, without their consent, and right. Lucian being seduced or feeling for, coerced into a sexual encounter with her without his consent. So I don't think it's the act of sex that Feyre has the problem with. It's her manipulation of sex. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. I think that's fair. And then um, and then uh, her punishment to Ianthe is she makes her pick up a rock and smash her hand to smithereens. So the original plan that Feyre had was that she was going to plant images of her, like, brutalized body uh, into the sentries' minds. And they were, and of course, you know, Tamlin and Ianthe and Jurian would return back to the to the spring court or to the palace, whatever, and they would lie about her disappearance somehow, but the sentries would eventually reveal what happened or what they are, what was implanted in their mind, and then that will cause the whole um, sentries to gang up against Tamlin um, and then the spring court will fall because there will be no sentries um, so and then she was just going to have the, you're right because she was just going to have Ianthe just sit there until someone found her and then that is when Branna and Dagden show up and they reveal that these headaches that Feyre has been having for the past month or so she's been mm-hmm. there um, that is them. They have been spiking the food, the drink, with very, very, very fine Feybane, uh, which is something that sort of drains the powers of Fey. Um, and uh, and it, it, it takes a while to kind of get out of your system. So 
the and end. it's cutting their power. Mm-hmm. But it's not cutting just her power. It's cutting Lucian's and Tamlin's. It's affecting everybody's. Mm-hmm. So they are taking full control of the court at this point. Right. So, and in this altercation, um, Pharaoh believes, well, they wouldn't be revealing this to us if we were going to get out alive. So... She has a moment where she could have gone and she decides not to because she wouldn't want to leave Lucian because he would be dead. So she winnows uh, multiple times. I kind of have this, I, like, I have this kind of visual when she's fighting with Dagden. Of, remember Harry Potter and Voldemort in like the smoky thing mm-hmm. in the seventh movie? Yes, the winnow strike. Winnow yes, strike. Right. I love it. I kind of like visualize that a little mm-hmm. bit. But while they're fighting, uh, she throws, like, a wall of fire at Branna, and mm-hmm. she's so mad that, like, oh, my beauty is gone! That, like, as she's about to lunge for Feyre, Lucian, she forgets about Lucian, and he slices her head off. And Dagden... Come in, Lucian. Yeah, and Dagden, in his distraughtness about being a twin no more, um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he lunges for Lucian, she winnows in front, and just stabs him right in the eye. And the twins are kaput. So then she tells Ianthe that she's like, okay, I changed my mind. Tell Tamlin and Jurian that I killed these, I I killed the the royals out of Mm self-defense and that I ran. Um, And then her and her and uh, her and Lucian go. Well, technically she goes and Lucian's like, I'm coming with you and I want to go get my mate. And she reluctantly lets him. And they make it to the cave to go to the next, enter the next court. Mm -hmm. And Lucian's like, well, we're going to go to the summer court. We can't deal with my family. She's like, um, blood rubies, LOL. Can't do that. Sorry, we're going to have to deal with your family because you don't want to deal with my problems. And my death. So Reset will kill you if I die. Yeah. So, like... I know it really doesn't shake out well for Lucian either way. No. But he just constantly gets fucked. Mm-hmm. He does indeed. That's why I love him. And he, you know, <laughs> no, it's your ginger connection. He, I know. There's these. There's, unite. Hey, I'm gonna watch out for my people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are these two very, I think, significant moments in this, in the last few pages. One being that she's about to say, like, okay, we're gonna get this done, and then we'll get home. But she doesn't. She kind of stops herself before she says home. Because she knows that she's referring to the Night Court and Lucian is also coming to consciousness that she's referring to the Night Court and that this was all, mm-hmm. this was always the plan. But and Lucian like, always low-key knew. Oh, yeah. Like, he oh, was, yeah. like, he was very suspicious. to get back to Elaine. Yeah. In hindsight. He's playing the game, baby. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. He learned a few things or two. And I'm proud of him. He grew up our little Lucian. And then the other thing that he says is uh, they have, like, a, a back and forth and, um, and he's like, you you were right. That girl I knew did die under the mountain. And, and I love the last description of that chapter, yeah. too. And in the distance, so faint, I thought I might have imagined it. A beast's roar cleaved to the land. That'd be damn <laughs> <laughs> He might have found a very distraught Ianthe. <laughs> and <his laughs> two dang bride. Oh my God, can you imagine friends. that phone call with high, the king of Highburn? So, your nieces and nephew arrived. <laughs> they will not be making it back. Ever. <laughs> and everything's fine. And everything's fine. 
we're all good over here. That girl that I sold my soul for is gone. Is gone, and um, I'm really starting to regret this. <laughs> I think I made a mistake. She also took my best friend with her. <laughs> oh, we did forget to mention that Tamlin... If he backed out of his agreement with Hybern, would have cost his life. Mm-hmm. It would drain his power and, and potentially Possibly kill him. Yeah. We're not going to miss it. No. <sighs> so, final thoughts. Well, it's not going to be a straight shot to the night court. Yeah, that's for damn that, sure. That, that is not going to be. I, I, don't, I don't envision this journey without any... Uh, bumps in the road. I, I guess. don't love this journey for her. I'm, I'm like, I am almost eighty thousand percent positive that we are gonna bump into dear old dad or 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 his brothers that like brutally killed his, his lover. Mm-hmm. And Lucian doesn't want to deal with this shitty ass brothers. I, I wouldn't. Don't, I don't want him to. They sound no. awful. Fucking Tweedledee and Tweedle bum or whatever. Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb, bum, and idiot. Yeah. There's like eight of those brothers. Stupid. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't foresee this being a very easy journey to the night court. Um, sorry, uh, yeah. Yeah, to the night court. Yeah, to the night Blurs. court through, through the, through the autumn court. And, um, I do think we're, I don't think this is the last we'll see of Tamlin. Um, I don't think it will, but I don't think he will want Feyre the same way he did at the beginning of this book. Never. Uh, I think that's over. Um, She'll definitely make it to the Night Court. Right. I just don't know in what capacity. The next section we're going to be recording is chapter 11 through the end of 21. Yeah. The start of section two, which is titled Cursebreaker. 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 All right. So we'll see you next time. Um, hopefully in one piece. And um, <laughs> and not sleep deprived. Yeah, not sleep deprived. So bye. Bye. bye.